I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to day one of Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year 2015. Woo! I'm your host Mark Packham, Hi. joined by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hi. We're settled in for the long haul. I'm actually here. Matt's actually hologram. here. Hologram Matt. We've got Hologram Matt is no longer here. We had a very nice breakfast. We've had a nice breakfast. We're sat down with laptops full of information it's taken us an hour and 40 minutes mainly because you've just been sitting around not doing anything it's true playing games with zombies in indeed indeed so for those uh, not up to speed this is our annual uh, gear of the year awards Um, we are doing five days of podcasting uh, with eight categories Uh, so day one today we're covering best guitar and best other thing tomorrow we'll be doing best amp and the 2015's best product of 2014 that's my favourite category yeah I like that one um Day three uh, is best pedal and weirdest gear, two hotly contested categories. Uh, day four is best bass product and listener's choice. You can skip that one if you want. And then on the final day, uh, we are doing the final. Uh, we'll be taking eight products from the uh, list, the top two, basically, the winner and the first runner-up from each category, uh, and then pitting them head-to-head in the final to see what is the best guitar gear of uh, 2015. Who so. will win? So Who I think will win? I think the way that we're going to do it is... You decide... Well, no, you don't You decide. don't. Well, they did decide... <laughs> listeners decide. did decide one category. And so. I, I voted it out last year. Did you? Yeah, because it was uh, the... Me and Matt were voting against Oh, didn't they win the... It. The Deco was the listener's yeah, yeah, choice last it, year. It, no, no. Listener's no, choice was the... Um, soul Food. Soul Food. Soul food. And it got through it. into the final, to be fair. And it then did. me and Matt pointed out that everyone was in fact wrong. And, well, there we uh, go. Selected the deco. So uh, your votes do count, but uh, they can be overruled by Joe Branton, which is a sad, sad and thing. Will. So, so um, first up today, we've got best guitar of 2015. Now, it's been a kind of hit and miss year, I think, uh, but we've got some absolute crackers on the list. I think the way we're going to do this is I'll read out the nominations for each category. We'll talk about each thing, uh, and then we'll kind of work on trimming down the list until we've got a winner uh, and, and then two runners-up. So, best guitar nominations are the Ernie Ball St. Vincent Signature, the Fender Double Cut Telly, the Line 6 Variac Standard, the Gibson 2016 Les Paul Traditional, the Chapman Ghost Fret, <coughs> the PRS SE Baritone, the Fender Shawbucker Strat, the PRS S2 Vela, and the Fender Longboard Stratocaster. 
the I'm long still not board. sure that Shawbacca was this year. Shawbacca was definitely this year. Are you? I don't have the long board I'm, on I'm, my list. I'm oh, there sure. It is. You're yeah. sure? Because yeah, I, I thought I would. Because uh, I haven't got my usual laptop, so I'm using Jay's. I thought I'd quickly Google it. And twenty uh, second of January, there is a news story saying Fender is rolling out two US made strats. Right. There we go. Cool. So, so but didn't they? So is that the? Internet says no, Jay. But the the Shawbacca pickup itself made an appearance last year, I think, did it not? On the deluxes? No. No, these are just a deluxe strap with a... Well, there's there's an American standard strap with a Shawbucker. Yeah, there is, yeah. a deluxe strap with a Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, but the Shawbucker is like a new thing. Right, okay. So, let's run down the list then. First up, the Ernie Ball St. Vincent signature model. What a cracking guitar. Best guitar ever. Indeed. So and we're doing this in a bit of a different format to last year we are yeah normally last year we would we, we each sort of had our we bits. pretended that we were bringing something each to the table but actually it was just it was a predisposed list like this true but we did kind of fight for the things that we did, were, were yeah. on our list and generally speaking I think we all picked the two things that we felt who what, who wants to make a case for the Ernie Ball uh, St Vincent and why it deserves to be on this list I'll do it if no I'm thinking that Joe Branton, you're a big fan of St. Vincent. I am, yeah. Okay, so tell us about the guitar and tell us why you think it should be on the list. Um, well, it's the... For anyone who hasn't seen the, the Ernie St. Vincent guitar, it's um, kind of an Explorer almost style. It's kind of somewhere in between sort of an Explorer shape and the sort of thing you'd expect from like a, a, um, a Dan Electro or a Sears guitar style shape. That sort of old 60s um, weird offset... Um, sharp lines uh, sort of guitars uh, but it's that sort of cool old 60s style guitar with the you know the classic music man neck with the the four and two headstock um, and and that's that that works really well for St Vincent because of course before that she she always plays guitars that she picks up at at secondhand shops um, and she she was she's been playing like an old harmony yeah, um, guitar for for a long time. So this was, um, this is her first sort of new thing, I guess, uh, following on from that. But it's just super cool. They do it in two colours. You get it in, uh, you can you can get it in black or kind of a pelham blue. I think is probably the, it's kind of like, yeah, like a pearlescent sort of uh, blue finish, isn't it? Yeah, and and from sort of watching some videos on her talking about the the guitar and and why she's made it in this fashion it was very much that she wanted to imitate the look of those old cheap crappy 60s guitars but have something that that plays very well um and and you know sounds higher quality so it comes with three mini humbuckers and um uh, Just the more i look at it the more i go I really want this guitar. Yeah, it's yeah great. they're so it's cool. Just, it's really original, and and that's the thing. I think so much of this list that we're going to go through is just mm. stuff. I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for me, in music man's. It was always the necks because those solid rosewood necks just yeah. feel so nice to play, and I don't think any company really matches. Is that what's on there? Is it the solid yeah. rosewood? Yeah. Is it? Okay. The, the other thing I always think with music man is like. They're American built, and they're just so like everything is so reasonably priced. Yeah. For the the quality of the instrument that you get, like you pick up um, something like that, and you'd think that it should be like two and a half, like three grand. And you know, I think they're what eighteen nine. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. It's still it's a lot of money. You but, know, for a guitar that's not. I mean, it's it's very niche. I mean, she is so cool. She's she's super super cool and like these guitars are amazing, but it's 
my slight issue that I have with it is it is a very very I, I don't really know who they're trying to sell well, it's, this it's a bit to. gimmick isn't it well absolutely well, you know I don't know who, because you know one of the things that we, we spoke about was uh, earlier this year was you remember the, the Lee Marlia uh, Epiphone Les Paul that yeah. came out you know it, it's it was a guitar that was um, Lee Marlia from Bring Me The Horizon wanted to have a guitar that his fans could buy and I completely understand that apart from anything I think that's a very astute business decision because he's probably getting a cut from it but you know the point is is that he wanted something that his fans would be able to buy this is a lot of money and I well, don't really know who's who's going yeah, to buy this guitar. I do think it's a different ethic I mean certainly with Bring Me The Horizon they you know they they made an affordable guitar because they have a lot of young yeah, fans yeah, yeah, yeah. I think St Vincent was just making a signature model I think she was making it for her and yeah, then like, exactly. as a byproduct they were yeah, yeah. selling but it. But Music Man weren't even sure they were going to run with this yeah. for ages. It was only because when people saw it, it, really? it got a lot of hype on forums yeah. and things that they decided to run with it. She had been playing some Albert Lee's, didn't she? She I had think. for a little while, yeah. She had a black on black Albert Lee that she was playing. I mean, but I, again, like it, that's, a, that's an, another example of a great guitar that I don't know who's going to buy. You know, I think the Albert Lee is such people a great... People do, though. People well, buy Albert Lee's. Loads of people play do Albert they? Lee's. Yeah. yeah. Are they that popular? Yeah. I mean, I think they're great, but I just... I would I would even suggest that they might be more popular than some of the standard, like, Axis Sport so. and stuff like that. Right, okay. Like, I can remember... 100 Reasons? Yeah, I can remember recently seeing more Please people like, playing yeah. Albert yeah. Lee's than I can playing, like, Axis Super Sports and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I suppose. So. Yeah, it's weird, actually, because one of the guys I work with, it's like, when I first started and we were talking about guitars I was like oh yeah we're into the Albert Lee he's like oh yeah I've got one and then someone else was like oh yeah I've got one as well and it's like loads of like people have just ran because they're not once again they're an affordable instrument that's different from the norm yeah almost. and they've um, crossed over into the metal market as well like you see a lot of metal guys who are playing like HH Albert Lee yeah um, but like then hyper compressed and yeah and they, but they also appeal to people that want a strap that's like a bit more kind of modern right you know if you yeah. want a Strat sound but you don't want something that looks like your granddad's Strat then the Albert Lee is like quite a good option because there's not yeah. there's not many guitars that have Strat configuration that aren't just Strats that aren't just a Strat yeah yeah so sort of coming back to not being sure who it's aimed at um, I agree it's a lot of money for quite a um, almost a gimmick shape but if you actually look at the spec like a solid rosewood neck and three mini humbuckers I think it might it could just have the same appeal that an Albert Lee does yeah. something that's slightly unusual but unlike most unusual guitars unlike sort of the other pointy things out there like the sort of the, the Deans and ESPs this is a an unusual looking guitar that also has those super playable features like the rosewood neck and well, and the pickup just the fact that it's made and by Music Man in their you know in their factory it's like always going to be really high quality mm. and um, you know it's kind of a bit of a name you can you can stand behind mm. so yeah should yeah. we, we move on sure thing the Fender Double Cut Telly released as part of the uh, what was 10, it? For 10, 10, 10 for 15, 15, 15 yeah. which was uh, part of their kind of NAM rollout of 10 individual models uh, that were kind of quirky takes on existing models that um, that they were going to release throughout uh, 2015. Jay Cross, you're a big fan of this guitar. Yeah, I really like this guitar. I mean, it was to a certain degree, it was it was just a it was a sta- an American standard Telecaster. You know, it had the same pickups, it had the same neck shape. The only thing that was different about it was the fact that it it was a double cut, so it kind of looked like I thought I it was a vintage it, neck on there. I thought it was like no, a, it was a it was a modern C. Oh really? Oh yeah, it was a modern C. It was just it was an American standard Tele that was that was just 
just had a, um, a, a double cutaway. So it kind of looks like a Sheraton, um, or a, not a Sheraton, a, uh, a Wilshire, Wilshire, sorry. Yeah. It looks like a Wilshire, or almost a bit like a double cut Les Paul type thing. I think it looks more like a, more like a Wilshire. And it was great. I, I mean, I, I thought that it was a, a very cool looking, um, like, unique guitar. And I think that because of how limited it was, but also how relatively standard spec it was, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up being a bit of a collector's item in years Definitely. to come. Yeah. I, um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they start doing it properly. As a standard as an, model? Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, because I mean, it's less limited. I actually think the reason that it's so limited is the reason that maybe it doesn't have a place on this list this year. If it came through as a, a, as a, as a model that people could buy... Yeah. See, I, I would have preferred them to do something like the Stratelli, you know, when they did like the, yeah. the Strat, half Strat, half Telly oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It, when the, for me, like looking at it with the symmetrical cutaway, it just, I don't know, it just looks it, weird. Yeah, I'm not into it, but I can understand why people are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you say, I think it's one of those ones where it could potentially be like a collectible guitar 20, I'm, I'm 25 a bit, years down the line. I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't, that they used the, the American Standard bridge for it. And I'm, yeah, I'm I actually, that. I think that what I think this would be a great guitar um, for like. I think this would be a really good way for the Fender Modern Player series yes. to go. Yeah. I think this would be a really good addition. Is if they did something like this, but with a bra, like a three-way brass saddle yep. bridge. So instead of like doing something that's a bit sort of weird, like they did with the, you know, the um, they did the HSS, um, the HSS uh, Tele Plus. And the, uh, there was the, thin the, line. the P90 Thin Line one. Yeah. You know, and I didn't think either of those guitars were particularly special, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the Thin Line was quite cool. I didn't really like the... Uh, oh, personally, I wasn't really into the Teddy Plus. But I think if they did this in like with with a three-way bridge, a br- three-way brass saddle bridge, I think that would be a... Re- you know, build it in China, start the Fender logo on it, did it in some like relatively standard colours. So did it in butterscotch, did it in black... Um, did it in maybe a sunburst or a, or a white blonde or something? I think that would be a really like a really good seller, and I think it would be the sort of thing that people would like. I think it would add perhaps a little bit of um, uh, what's the word uh, like um, integrity to the um, to the modern player range, yeah. Rather def- than it just being like, okay, well, we're just sort of going to do something a bit weird and built in China, sit Fender on it. Do you know what I mean? Well, that like, was the it was a good thing about the modern players is that it gave Fender a bit stuff, of room to yeah to mm. experiment. Yeah. So maybe yeah now to you push think that the, the dimension base came out of that it did, and to push the range forward now maybe what they need to do is yeah bring out one of these limited models, um, at you know as part of a yeah as part of the yeah. the, the, the range. Um, but yeah, there's some legs, I think, on the double cut telly design. I think it was I worth so. trying. I mean, especially as I, I mean, where, where I where I was working, like we got two, and they sold out immediately. Yeah, like the pre-orders just did went a up. Podcast listener by one. Yes, yeah, he did. What would be um what would be cool, and what's cool about them using the American Standard Bridge is that it wouldn't be that difficult for this just to be part of like the American Standard line if they wanted it. Yeah, to. absolutely. They could I, probably just keep making them. I think that might. My concern there is, I think. Well, that's it. I mean, that's also what I'm saying about the the St. Vincent is that I think it might be a little bit too much money for a bit of a niche market. Yeah. I think probably the you know the they what did they make of these? Probably 300 worldwide, something like that. Something. Yeah, I think that you was know. It. I think that's. I can't imagine that there will be a huge, um, like a huge surge in demand for these guitars, other than for people who are either Telecaster collectors or people like me who really like Telecasters and really like Double Cut Les Pauls 
and you know it's quite a niche market isn't it well it's I'm not sure yeah I'm not really sure and you know it was a lot of money they're a thousand pounds you know yeah if they did something that was more sort of the four five hundred pound mark four hundred pound it's the sort of thing that you might expect someone to be like okay cool well you know I've got a telly and I want to have another guitar as a spare but I don't want to have like the exact same thing like maybe I'll get this and it'll just be a little bit different I think think that's always the thing isn't it like you know certainly sometimes I thought if I'm going to buy a new guitar and I've got 1500 quid I almost want something more standard because if you go something really niche you're like oh yeah but I could have like a more classic guitar for the same money yeah 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 I mean uh, yeah if you think put it like that way if you had a telly or a double cut telly hanging up and they're both American standard what are you going to buy yeah you probably buy a telly yeah so So, next up uh, the Line 6 Variax standard Matt Knight do you want to make the case for why the Variax standard is on the list I thought this was um, a great thing to come out and I know we discussed it probably last year when uh, Yamaha bought Line 6 I mean it was the first thing like, it was the first thing we said it, yeah. was, it was like this is going to happen because uh, you know ultimately when you buy a company like that you're buying their te- technology yes. yeah. and you know I, someone uh, in the shop I work in bought in one of the old Variax 300s and I was like god like, I remember loads of people buying those guitars but then you never really saw them about anywhere. Then they bought out the James Tyler design once yeah. and like people went nuts for them. But they were still a lot of money. And once again, it comes back to that thing we just said about if you've got seven, eight hundred, you know, a thousand pounds to spend, would you rather spend it on something classic or would you rather spend it on something a bit more obscure or something like that? But now they've bought out these and they're sort of 400 quid. You think, actually, that technology is amazing. It sounds great. It's really usable, really versatile, and you know you're buying in a guitar that's going to be super playable and yeah. an amazing backup. Or if you're playing in a covers band and you need a load of different guitar sounds, but you don't want to go out, obviously you can't afford to go out and buy four or five different guitars. That's perfect. Yeah, when you think about like the top end on the uh, Tyler Variaxes and even like the 700s and stuff, yeah. that would have had to price-wise been one of your main guitars. Think, whereas this is way more affordable. I think the thing is as well is um, you know. It's that classic thing. I think when the the James Tyler Variaxes first came out, they were like over a thousand. Oh, they were a yeah, lot yeah. of money. They were a lot of money, and but the, you know you could see they were better designed. They had actual pickups in. You could use them like a normal guitar. You know they changed the way that the, the battery worked. Didn't just take AAs, but they didn't sell really quickly. And then they started to come down massively in price. And once they hit that six hundred pound mark, they hit that sort of golden price range. And yeah. suddenly they sell loads because people are like, oh, I've got six hundred pounds to spend. Actually, I will take something a bit yeah. weird. But now that they're like less than that and they're built into a great kind of up from a beginner Yamaha, it's kind of like, you know. Well, I mean, I, I, th- I think the Pacifica range is great. And yeah. I think it's, and it's, really good. it's one of those weird things where it sort of never really gets a look in with, um, you know, sort of starters, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's because just, just, it's, it's always there. Like, there's never a big push around Pacifica because the 112s kind of always always exist and even when they had a massive upgrade to the 112V Yamaha there's not really any fanfare behind it no, is there? it's just no, kind of no. I think um, they're out I think the great thing about you know this guitar in particular and actually that, that sort of whole range is that I remember reading an article years ago I think it was in uh, one of the magazines where five of the writers for the magazine all bought a Yamaha Pacifica and then they all had £300 to spend upgrading it yeah. because of how easy it is to do right, and okay. all the different ideas that people came out with. And that's still the thing with the Varex standards. You still get a great Pacifica guitar, but you've got all this amazing technology built into it as well. I think they're great. I think they're really, really great guitars and I'm, I'm really glad. I think 
this is the thing that I've been most excited about with regards to the sort of the the takeover from from yeah. and, and Nine Six, and you know we've spoken at length about the sort of the helix and where that you know what that sort of signifies um, as you know potential for for where they could go and what they could do next, and I think that's all very exciting. But I just like the fact that these Pacificas are you know they're accessible. They're really, yeah. really accessible. I, like, I was never a huge fan of the James. T- I don't really like the design of the ch- of the JTVs um, yeah. of any of them. I, I just thought that they were all a bit. They were kind of. Um, they're like weird cheap boutique almost. They were, right? Yeah, they were just like, like cheaper boutique guitars because yeah. obviously they're James Tyler guitars are like oh, three, three and a half, or something. four grand, yeah, yeah. you know. And they're once again, it's it, they all these sort of super expensive boutique guitars then cross the border into like if you've got four or five grand to spend. You, you kind of almost lose the classics and then you kind of go into these sort of more obscure yeah variations you, of yeah. on, a, on a theme yeah so. okay um, so next up Gibson 2016 let's pull traditional I mean what are we going like, to say about this I mean thank heavens it's uh, it's been it quite so a, inevitable though. I mean of course of it course was. it was you know and oh, again, but actually I'm not sure it was because we've seen you know, in the last few weeks, the the high performance series released, yeah. which is probably where Gibson were going with 2015. That was probably the next jump. Was, absolutely, you know, more advanced tuning and, like Matt was saying earlier, dip switches uh, that give you options and stuff like that. Obviously, public feedback has said most of us don't want that. Can yeah. you do something more basic? Well, absolutely, and I think this this comes back to what we were talking about, you know, a, a few weeks ago. You know, about how Gibson wanted to be they wanted to do Apple they wanted to be Apple they wanted to show they wanted to with the 2015 range what they wanted to do was say listen consumers this is what you want you want these features in the same way that like Steve Jobs did with the iPad or or whatever you know you know here's a load of stuff that you don't think you need but actually now you've got it you realize you couldn't really have lived without it Mm. and it didn't work it didn't work and I think that the high performance series that they're offering um Alongside the, as an option, the, I think is, and that's what they should have done. They yeah. should have done that last mm-hmm. year. They should have done that in 2015. And the fact that they didn't, I think, is like, <clears throat> I just thought it was a little bit arrogant. And I'm, I'm really glad that they've, they've taken a step back and they've gone, okay, look, we, 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 we agree with you. Like, we'll listen to you. We'll listen to the public. And that's why, you know, you look on all the forums for every person there is harping on about what a waste of money a 2015 Les Paul is you've got someone else saying hang on a sec I I love my 2015 yeah, I mean, Les Paul standard yeah. I, I love this guitar yeah. what, what, you know just because you you know and for every person who's who's there, and that's exactly the point is that it is one to one you know and so there are people who just want a standard Les Paul traditional which is you know I've got mine oh no it's still at your ass it's still not over there Um, but you know I've got a Les Paul traditional and I love it and the 2016s are the same as that you know they've 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 taken they've gone back a couple of years and they're now they're now doing that again whereas there are people who as you say like with the if you've got a lot of money to spend on Mm. um, on like uh, on a James Tyler yeah why you know why not spend that on a a Les Paul that's going (laughs) to give you you know a bit more I don't know. You know, it's funny, really, because when you think about, you know, them changing things and people going, oh, no, I hate the changes and, and they, start, they bring it back to the the, the traditional spec. But, yeah, in, yeah, in 1960, they discontinued 
the traditional the guitar yeah, because yeah. people went, no, no, it's, it's yeah. rubbish. Why do I want all of this? You know, yeah. I want a more modern instrument. You know, like a you know, like they designed the SG, and it's I. I think you're right though it's realistically loads of people complained about it 2015 but everyone who bought one kind of went actually I can I really like this especially if it's the first guitar you ever bought you wouldn't know any different you wouldn't you wouldn't know yeah. any different well, I don't even think it comes and, down to I don't even think it comes down to uh, people not knowing any different because I think that sort of um, that sort of undermines people's decision making mm. you know I, I think that actually the the, the 2015s they filled a niche that a lot of people wanted yeah. you know the, those think about how popular those um, uh, the, the self-tuning thing the um, G-Force yeah what was it called before it was I don't know look on the back of your t-shirt no, are no, you wearing no, a G-Force wear, t-shirt I am wearing a Gibson t-shirt yeah well yeah well, I'm, I'm like I'm flying the flag um, no, the um, I have uh, that free T-shirt that you got is in no way connected to Gibson's appearance in this list. No, 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 no. Um, what's the um, what were they? The the oh, crikey! It was just called Robot. Before, no, no, they were called the. Uh, so uh, the the company that produced the tuners separately. Yes, were called the Tronicle. Tronicle, thank you. Yes, they did the, have a different name before GeForce. It was yes, just called it, like just I don't know Robot Tuners. But the um, the Tronicle tuners were super no, min e tune min e tune. The fact the, that that is what is on the back of your t-shirt. We should you should just stand around. No, no, no. But anyway, I was talking about the Tronicle stuff. The Tronicle tuners, which were the um, you know that's what sort of spurned this all on. Was from what from what I understand, Gibson sort of invested quite heavily in the technology that Tronicle were producing, which was the self tuning system. Yeah. And when they came out, those tuners alone, they were. 250 quid, quid. Yeah. Yeah. and people went mad for them they went absolutely mad for them so I think that the demand for that technology was there but I think it was a mistake on Gibson's behalf mm. to just assume that because they knew that there was a bit of demand for um, robot tuning, robot tuning yeah. this is you know it, it was what everyone wanted and I think that the 2016 which doesn't have them. robot tuning yeah. doesn't have so uh, has, I think know. I think what I was going to say the great thing is with, with the that I really loved about the Traditional spec, traditional Les Paul at sixteen nine nine. We took we talking about the two thousand. Yeah, I was, was going to say, why have we picked the traditional? Because at sixteen, so you, I, the example I always, I always give is people go, oh, well, you know, there's a bit, you know, you've got an American standard Strat or Teddy, and they're, I think they're now eleven hundred and twelve, yeah. and then you've got, you know, the traditional Les Paul at sixteen nine nine. They're basically their two benchmark models. Yes, and what an amazing guitar for six hundred quid, and the extra four hundred quid basically just comes into the fact that there is more material cost wise more material that goes into the Les Paul than than goes into um, the Strat and there's obviously yep. a bit more time because oh, of, yeah, it's yeah. a nitro finish and, and you know things like glue neck rather, yeah. than, yeah, rather than bolt on in, in terms of an instrument for the money I mean 1699 is like yeah ridiculous I, I swear the, the is a great guitar for that money the 2016 uh, traditional absolutely has a place in this list sort of thing I think could potentially go a long way yeah I mean it's, it's well let's let's not get down to that yet I think we'll, we'll do the big cut at the end yeah, yeah. what it reminds me of was um, when they do you remember it? I think it was like 2008 when they added like the locking jack on and yeah. things like that yeah. and then, then they added all these things before robot and then in 2012, they kind of went back to this more yeah. traditional spec, and everyone was like, "Oh, amazing!" Yeah. As so I said, as I said a few years ago, it's the classic Coca-Cola, new, new, new Coke, Coke. Yeah. new Coke. So next up on the list, the Chapman Ghost Fret. Matt, 
you will make want to make a strong argument, seeing as you nearly bought one. Yeah, I tell us about the Chapman Ghost Fair because probably only a couple of us have had a chance to see one in the flesh. Yeah, um, um, the, basically, and the reason that most people haven't been able to see them is because they all pre-sold yeah I mean um, so Chapman Guitars coming out um, f- through Rob Chapman on, on YouTube and everything um, publicly voted in terms of its specs which is I think is the great thing is this guitar is built by people who go I want this guitar and what does that prove what does that prove it proves that, that it's the public asked for a, some sort of carved top explorer yeah but that's the thing is that blue if you if through you wait, blue wait you can make your objections when uh, we cut no, the I list think, I think the thing is is what you've got to bear in mind is is that if you want an explorer now and you look at companies like Jackson and ESP and to an extent some of the Epiphone stuff it's all like metal based where this guitar isn't because it's because it, no, you're had, right. It's a, I, I, it's a session players explorer. That yeah, is. I mean that's it, the thing. I had of, a, it's a nice hybrid between the two. It's not. It doesn't kind of go that far away from the, the traditional Gibson design. Yeah. But it's a bit smaller and it's a bit pointier. But it's yeah. not like a ridiculous. I think, you know like metal yeah. players guitar. I, I think what it's aiming at and what Chapman Guitars has aimed at in general is is making affordable versions of all those high end boutique brands that we're seeing a lot of the yeah. Uh, yeah. the modern tech metal bands playing. It's it's the it's the sort of Strandberg that that end yeah. of. I think that you know what custom builds. I had on Saturday there was a, a, a someone came in in the shop of work and said oh. Oh, Explorer's a bit, bit heavy metal, and I went, yeah, but the Explorer came out in 1958. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's actually like a ridiculously classic design. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think the thing about this is it's mahogany body, carved maple top. You know, it's got all the um, switching. You know, like coil taps. It's got sort of semi high output pickups. Really nice neck, satin finish. Like they just feel really nice to play. And for someone like me to kind of go, oh, well, that, you know, once again, I'm. It's six nine nine. It's one of those things where I've got that sort of money to spend. I can <coughs> afford, if I want a second guitar, to go for something a little bit more niche. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I do think to counter that, if this had ESP or Dean or Ibanez on the headstock, this wouldn't even make Gear of the Year. Sure, I but think- I think there'd be a less interesting story, which it doesn't mean that it's a better guitar. No. But what it does mean is that there's a bit more interest about it, it because the guy's got a YouTube channel it's, it's well no no more that it's collaboratively designed and because you know there's a story to tell about it being you know it's it's kind of not a full metal guitar whereas I think if it was Dean or Jackson true maybe the Ibanez guitar would be them, yeah. firmly aimed at metal players yeah. because those are what they're going but for whereas is, this it is, is like an Ibanez. crossover it is like those I- Ibanez have been using like the whole Babinga Jatoba of course woody of course of. but I don't think they've designed anything that's this kind of design but as subtle as this this is taking key design elements from the original Gibson Explorer um, and putting a slight metal twist on it whereas I think those other companies very much go down the market mm-hmm. of like okay we want metal players yeah, I think it's, it's the quality of the instrument of where they're built and how they come from just showing you like you know this, the quality of the stuff that's now coming out of you know places like Korea oh, and Indonesia yeah yeah definitely well. the, it, Korea and Indonesia as once again Ibanez have been showing us for years mm. Indonesia and make great guitars and for what it's worth there have been some amazing limited <laughs> run RGs in in yeah. sort of wood finishes that are more aimed at a session player that have all come out this year again which haven't made the list because you know they, they just hit under the radar we're only seeing this because the name's on the headstock and I think Ibanez make better stuff sure but, you know it's difficult um, particularly with Ibanez because they release so many models every year some of the stuff does get lost in the in the kind of scrum mm. um, whereas you know this is why something like the ghost threat is on the list is because it's a lot more visible you know 
but we can talk about this when we do the cut. So, talking about guitars uh, made in Korea that are incredible for the price point, the brand new PRS SE Baritone. It looks exactly the same as all the others. It does, but key thing is that it's a baritone, yeah, that's which true. is something they've not done before, right? I can't remember another PRS the on, model. The only other PRS baritone was the Mike Mushuk. Wait, no, that was Ibanez. No. Oh, I, did, he, did, he they, have did a, he did have a signature did he? PRS, okay. which is more recent. I think it was like a... Um, if I remember, it's like a silver burst, or did, was it like a? Did it not what? have a, stained a silver top? burst PRS? Yeah, I think it was like a silver burst. But the the main the main one that I'm going for in um, the PRS baritone is the hollow body P90. Yes. The great thing about this guitar is they've gone baritone. Not everyone wants to play like Gen or like some sort of down tuned, you know. You know, rock guitar on a baritone. That's Some why people, I, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Electro make the best baritone on the yeah, market. Yeah, but it, you know, I think with the PRS is they've gone for people want a, a more classic look, flame top, on something hollow bodies. You know, something that's soundtracky, something that can be atmospheric. You it's know, much more in line with where a um, bass six sits in well, the market. Yeah. Say, do you not think you, you're sort of saying that like this, like putting the P90s in the traditional look is some sort of original idea for baritone? But of course, Squire did their vintage modified. Jazzmaster baritone with P90s. Yeah, but yeah, I don't they're think they're not P90s. Aren't they? No, no they're they're jazz, they were humbuckers. Oh, were they? Well, they're, like, well, they're, they're like, like they're single coils. They're like they're single coils. Jazzmaster pickups are. are but the, I think the problem, the problem with that didn't is they, that all they've done is taken a basic body, turned it baritone, and then did it in the worst colour known to man. Antigua, Antigua. It's the colour that a hard-boiled egg goes between the yolk and the white. I like Antigua. <laughs> Antigua done right. I, on those, I think the Antigua wasn't actually very good, but yeah. if you see some of the 70s stuff, Antigua but, can be you know, well I think cool. Once again, you know, 700 quid, it's that mid-price bracket, you know, and it comes out of the, the same factory as, as the, um, the Chapman stuff. Again, and I think that the, the, the Chapman... Um, the ghost freight is a good comparison for this because, as you say, it's opening up what was traditionally perhaps like a metalless guitar for a non-metal market yeah. which interestingly is the opposite to what something like you've, you've been seeing with like telecasters and stuff mm. you know teleca- you're seeing a lot of telecasters in in metal bands nowadays excuse me whereas you know it's, it's sort of that John Five and Jim Rue and it's sort of that, that convergence between I think people are becoming a little bit a little bit less uh, stringent about where you know what guitars they use. I well, think that I like I like when yeah. you see a band who the guitarist clearly used to be a metaler and now he's joined some like toy indie <laughs> band and, and he's, he's still got, playing like, a like an RG or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. Love that. It's, it's, it's more that that uh, metal fans are a lot slower than most people, and so they're they're <laughs> only just now getting out of that eighties active pickup sort of time. They're they're finally coming back around to where all other music has been for the last. <laughs> You're out of order. <laughs> no, it's true. Metal doesn't change. Like if you send those stats on the most listened to genre on Spotify, it's metal because metalers only listen to metal and they listen to a lot of metal <laughs> and everyone else listens to a bit of metal but they also listen to everything else. <laughs> so no joke, the most listened to genre on Spotify by a clear distance is metal. Wow. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, same with guitars. You know, they um, metalers love the metal guitars, but this gives people options. You know, if they want baritone mm. and there's uh, P90s, obviously a very different sound and hollow body, obviously a very different sound. And PRS, I guess, with that sort of guitar, the kind of carved top, have not been known that recently for the more metal stuff, have they? I no. guess they were yeah. 10, 15 years ago. But yeah, um, I like it a lot. Only just <coughs> announced, but you've played one, haven't you? 
Yeah, I have, and they sound absolutely amazing. They do look great. I think it's important that we let dentists and accountants have access to baritone <laughs> guitars. <laughs> I really want to hear. I really want to hear the. Um, what I want is for you to buy one of these guitars and then tune it in whatever the baritone equivalent of Dadgad is. Oh, I thought you meant tune it up to standard. Tune it up to standard. <laughs> Uh, what I really just want to hear just the sound of strings snapping I really want to hear this guitar with the cap on the 5th fret I just think you know playing E with that in that cap on that 5th fret I think it's just great no, I, what's, whatever the equivalent to dad gad is like it'll be a something anyway bad dad bad dad um, I think that will sound really really cool and that's what I want that's why I want you to buy one of these guitars Matty so next up on the list is a guitar that we were debating whether it actually came out this year but according to Matt's uh, database encyclopedic knowledge you mean Google.com. Yes. Uh, the Fender Shawbucker Strat. Um, so these, there's actually two guitars under the, the Shawbucker Strat name, right? Um, the Standard and the Deluxe. Yes, it's, but there's a couple in each because <coughs> they do the HSH as well, don't they? Uh, Is that Shawbucker? I'm sure no, they do. No, it's not. There it's is an HSH Deluxe, but it's not Shawbucker. Right, so okay, what, so we, do- what we're saying is actually on this list. Are we going for the Standard or I the Deluxe? I think we go for the Standard. I think the Standard. Okay. Um, because I think with Standard, it's the first time in a long time I think they've made an HSS Strat that actually the humbucker doesn't outweigh the two single coils. You still get a classic sounding guitar and you get a really classic sounding humbucker as well. Yeah, because before they've had like atomic humbuckers and yeah. stuff in there. And, yeah. and I think that was that was the thing that really needed to happen with the, the HSS... The HS, oh. The HSS range was because you know the the standard the American standards a couple of years ago ended up having custom sh- in 2012 had the custom shop pickups put in them yeah. so the the fat fifties and they sounded incredible but they they still had that atomic humbucker in the bridge and it, when you went for the HSS and it, I just think it sounded really pony in comparison yeah, to not very nice it, pickup. and and that's why and, and I think that the story behind it now I don't I'm I'm sure that this is true I don't think it's like a romanticized um, uh, rumor that I've read, but from what I understand, like Fender were on the lookout for some sort of humbucker that they wanted to put in their in their um, in their standard strats, and someone at Fender went, "Listen, these um, have you heard about these Shawbuckers? They're meant to be really good. We should look into these. Like maybe see if we can get like a couple of samples." And they looked into who it was who was producing these Shawbuckers because they were being built in California. Yeah, and it turned out that the person who was wiring these Shawbucker pickups was a pickup winder at Fender. Right. Yeah. Who just yeah, like sure he was doing this, about this he was just doing it on the side. Yeah. And um and yeah it was it yeah, was his his pickups from the eighties. Yeah it wasn't uh, yeah it wasn't for, a like, current ridiculous thing, yeah. money. Oh really on the second hand right, market. Okay. And uh he used to work for Fender for years and years and years and then someone was like, Oh wait, isn't that matey who works, you know, in the warehouse or whatever, you know, on the shop on the shop floor and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah and so he designed the Shawbucker based on his like 80s designs the, right. the, the path replicas that he used yeah. to create for it I was think, for Gibson wasn't it that he yeah, used to make the pickups oh really yeah, yeah. Right, well. yeah I think it was when this whole kind of in the 80s when the, the Gibson revival sort of happened and you had companies making super high end Gibson replicas as well and they were looking for path pickups that they could put in guitars and I think that's probably really before boutique pickups really yeah well, completely like, oh, yeah, I would say only in the last 
I don't know. Ten years since Ten bare years. knuckle, really. Bare yeah, knuckle. Since bare yeah. Knuckle. I suppose bare knuckle sort of paved the way, really. I was talking to the guy from bare knuckle the other day, and bare knuckle pickups have only been going. I think 13 years right and they still only employ about 10 to 15 people really because they they do all the windings themselves. they do all yeah. the windings themselves everything's hand wound order Every, yeah to, yeah. I mean which is which is crazy when you think about it but you know in 13 years I remember when I first started working in guitar shops and they were like a new thing yeah and, and it was almost like oh, why would I spend money on pickups like because it Buying other, you know, you had obviously. Well, you had Demartio Seymour Duncan and, and Demartio, yeah, yeah. Demartio, yeah. But you were kind of like, you just you stuck what was in there, and that that was it. I think it's only really recently that pickup changing pickups has become more of a kind of it's become a big really. thing. People used to talk about it on cheap guitars. You know, people would always say, "Oh, if you buy an Epiphone Les Paul, make sure you get some Seymour Duncans and, and change them up." Um, but now it's become a oh, I've got an expensive guitar and I want custom shop pickups. Like yeah. that was never a thing 10, 15 years you ago you know and, and the thing with say like bare knuckle is the fact that they will make any pickup they make in, in any housing you said yeah. that they've been having people go oh I've got a Jaguar but I want these super high output humbuckers that you make but in a Jaguar housing they're yeah. like yeah sure we'll work out a way to wow. to do that so, so the short bucket strap um, basically what we're saying is you get all the goodness that you get from a regular standard strap but you get a very very unique pickup yeah. and something that falls a bit more in line with what you'd expect from a humbucker yeah, and, and a you strap. still get the, I th- you still get the fat 50s in those I think as well yeah, right? in the yeah you do yeah. So. I, I tell you the thing that I think is a, a, a bit worrying from the Shawbucker and it's it's how once again as we as we said when the American Standards ended up putting the um, uh, the fat 50s in it's like why would you buy a why would you now buy a deluxe yeah because oh, completely. the HSS the, the, you've now got in the HSS in the Shawbucker Deluxe Strat, you've now got that humbucker and two noises pickups. And those two noises pickups, I mean, obviously these things are all subjective, but I don't think they sound as good as the Fat 50s. And, you know, you're still paying an extra, you know, two to 300 quid yeah. for the features, which are, you get the, so you get the... Locking tuners. You get locking tuners and you get the contoured heel. Yeah. And I think it might be, it might be nine and a half to 12 radius which I don't think it is on the standards there's not a huge amount and like the the finishes are a bit blingier so you yeah. get instead of Olympic white you've got Olympic pearl yeah and um, you know you can get it in you can get it in silver burst as well I think you know so that the finishes are, are a bit blingier but like I think the the deluxe series is something that Fender really need to have a look at it's gonna be an overhaul I, they've got to do something about it you know yeah. and I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year just sort of going off on a tangent a bit here I wouldn't be surprised if next year we see a bit of a change to the American vintage range Yeah, because the way that Fender have combated the fact that the American vintage range wasn't really selling very much was just to lower the price on everything you know because they made the standard series so good and Custom Shop has become whilst it hasn't you know changed in price you're still paying two grand or so Custom Shop has become a lot more appealable and a lot, lot more, more just a lot more popular a lot general. more popular and you know so that sort of the the one to two thousand pound range that Fender you uh, previously had occupied with the American Deluxes and the American Vintage I think it's going to need a, a bit of an overhaul and a real rethink on that's what it. it is that they yeah. do yeah. and yeah. I think well, the next year will be quite interesting for those two I, I, I mean that's that's what I would like them to I'd like to see them approach with the Deluxes it looks like it could be the end of the end, end of deluxes. There's been the some being. price reductions across the board, yeah. hasn't yeah. there? So, uh, so uh, on, we'll, on the sort of on the sort of line of they may be discontinuing. 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because I, pff, oh, I, I don't think guitars, that, this is the cheapest time to get a deluxe at the moment yeah. in any guitar yeah. shops. I think we're all yeah. right. So uh, next on the list, uh, the PRS S2 Vela. Mm. Um, this is a bit of a weird oh, one. I don't know what, which one the better is. It's the offset. Um, oh yeah, with some uh, sort of gritchy style yeah, pickups loaded. in there. I think for me, like I know, obviously the Saint Vincent is a pretty unique new design. Yeah, I think the Vela is the only one on this list that is a new, like a new affordable guitar and in terms can- of design, in terms of almost basically in terms of sound. Yeah. In, in terms of playability it's just it's an amazing guitar obviously the S2 is still American built they just use um, like slightly cheaper finish and they come with a gig bag rather than a hard case similar to like an American special strat to an American standard but you've got you know a Dynasonic pickup in the neck you've got their kind of their own design humbucker in the bridge it's coil tappable completely new bridge design with the brass saddles new really comfortable body shape like top loaded me, as well scratch plates yeah so. it's just yeah. it's like this is like a new guitar. It's like a new classic. Yeah. I, I never uh, thought I'd say this, but the Vela is my favourite looking new guitar this year. Yeah. I, just I, I never thought I'd say that about a PRS. It's that headstock though. I know, I don't mind the headstock on that shape. I find it a little, I have to admit, I find it a bit obnoxious I, on the regular um, PRS, but on there, for some reason, it just all works. For me, it's like, it, you know, it's, it can sound like a Teddy, it's, it can have that kind of gretchy sort of vibe to it. You know, it, Really drives really well for you yep. loads of gain. It is like, great. It does look great. A, a, to it me, looks like, like a Gordon Smith. I remember um, when I started where where I work now, and it was one of the first guitars I picked up. I think my first week, I plugged it in and was like, I have to buy one of these. Yeah. Like when you just instantly connect with an instrument, and I think that's the only time probably this year that I've kind of really picked one up you, and straight away gone. Other than the baritone. Uh, yeah, but I think that's... And the Chapman. I think the, the Vela is the only one that I actually, you know, because I say it a lot about, I, say, I really want one of these. I think the Vela is probably one of the ones that I actually will buy. Because How I much think are they? They are just over £1,000. So they're falling in line with, you know, American standard strats and things like that. And So much more interesting, though. Well, I, I yeah, completely. That's, that's, that's completely. the thing, isn't it? You know, it, it is a new guitar in terms of sound, in terms of design. It's, yeah. Talking of uh, unique guitars, the last guitar on our list is another uh, 10 for 15 by Fender, the Fender Longboard Strat. Um, it's a guitar that looks like a surfboard. Yeah. Matt Knight. It looks like one of those I... old like Ibanez's from the 80s. It does. I think yeah, the only, um, I think the biggest shame for me, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about um, for Jay and Joe, but I know that. I, I never actually saw one because everyone no. was no, pre-sold I before yeah. I got it and, and everyone that bought one came to collect it and just took it away and never right. tried it out they yeah. just went yeah I want to buy it and so it's one of those things where it's like I'm sure you'll find them on eBay I, I don't I don't think I've seen a single one come up <laughs> I think yeah. the thing is is you know it's going to be like they did the Redwood you know these kind of natural finished fenders and they all felt really great and I just think it's going to be another one of those ones that actually I'm you know, you know this guitar is going to be a really, really nice guitar to play. I um, I put it in this list um, just because I thought it would. Uh, you know, we should talk about a couple of the ten fifteens because they have been unique. But for me, I don't think this is as deserving to be there as the double cut telly. Uh, mainly because we've had our hands on the double cut telly we've seen it in the flesh, mm. um, and I don't think it's as innovative. I really like the look. It's funny actually. One thing I didn't realise is because it's hardtail, so it's strung through. But where the back plate normally is, it's got a, cre- a clear yes. acrylic back plate, so you can see the wiring yeah. underneath. 
um, which I think is quite cool. I mean, it doesn't add anything in terms of tone. No, no, and ultimately this is just a strat, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's like- I mean, it's a cool-looking guitar um, with a cool design, but you know, I don't wouldn't necessarily. It's maybe I mean groundbreaking, perhaps not, but you know, it's a cool guitar, isn't it? Well, in that case, that sounds like it's time to start cutting some stuff. So, opening it up to the floor, what would you cut first from this list, bearing in mind what we've just said? J-Cross. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the obvious ones to look at as in terms of what to cut, and I, I, might, I might do a quick one, two, three here, and I realise that based on what I usually say this might be going against the grain but I think the obvious ones to cut straight off the bat are the fenders because really yeah yeah because I I mean I don't think I don't think this year was a particularly groundbreaking year for Fender and yeah, they took the year off a bit well I, I actually think that they probably really lucked out with the fact that Gibson like had such an unsuccessful time with the 2015s because you know they didn't really do anything that you know so uh, you know another guitar which isn't on this list which maybe should have been maybe although it's again it's just another sort of signature is the Hendrix you know that's yeah. probably the most exciting but it's thing. only it's only a reissue of a guitar they've done yeah. before absolutely it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny because I, I you know I was just thinking oh we didn't really mention any custom shop but I think the thing is custom shop is that everything is different and everything is custom to order so yeah, you're, yeah. you're specking the guitar that you want anyway you can't so really no... I think you can't inclu- include custom shop from any brand in this list um, well I mean I mean yeah. the Gibson stuff because they, it's a bit more regimented yeah. and maybe um, like maybe if we if it had come out and maybe we'll talk about it next year that you know the, the broadcaster that we spoke on we yep. spoke about you know that's like that's a custom shop model yes um, but yeah I mean you know the, the, the 10 for 15 I think was I think was a cool series um, I don't think it's groundbreaking enough to be considered. I don't think any of them are groundbreaking enough to be considered the best guitar of the year. But once again, this sort of comes down to a thing that we discuss every time we bring up the gear of the year is what what is it we're looking for? What does best mean? Does it mean most accessible? Because if it means most accessible, then maybe the <coughs> the Ed Sheeran or the Taylor Swift should have won a couple of years ago when we, when we were doing this. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's just best. It's it's, it's, it's our best. What our is our best. best? In that case, I I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put forward a case that the the three fenders that are on the list. I'm, I'm actually with Jay. I, yeah, I think I could happily ditch the fenders. I think for now we should keep the double cut telly. Because okay. I think we're probably all in agreement that that's the kind of most. That's the best, that's the best of, the three. of those three. Right, the Let's not is it though? Is it? Or what about the Shawbucker? It's the most good. Shawbucker, I think, is not far enough away from things Fender have done in the previous years. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. added a great feature, and we all agree that pickup is really nice. Uh, but, well, but 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 by that double, very but by that very case, like but the, the telly du- is the exactly du- the same. The they've just taken a bit off, and they haven't added the good feature on the double cut telly because they've taken a bit off. They've taken some off, but we can. At least agree that that's the most unique of that's the fenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. cool. So, yeah. Okay, I, so actually, the, the down mu- to six. Out of any of them, the um, Mustang should have been on there, I think, rather than the uh, the shortboard Mustang, rather than the uh, the longboard Strat. Yeah. No, I think uh, I just think that the most of the ten for fifteens weren't tweaked enough to make it to stand out. But I think the yeah. double cut telly is a guitar that will yeah. live on. Like people will remember that guitar, you know. Yeah. So I don't think people will remember the longboard strap I, um, or the shortbuck strap. Particularly. The other guitar that I personally want to nominate is the Saint Vincent. As much as an awesome. You want it to guitar, go through, no or you want it to? No, I think we through. should. I think we should cut it out. No, I, not yet. 
Not yet. It's it deserves a higher place than than top six. Than honourable. I'm mentions. not letting the Vincent go before the before the Chapman. How do we feel? <laughs> uh, how do we feel about the PRS SE Baritone P90s? Yeah, I yeah, mean, that can, that, I think that's I like a great. It. It's a great guitar, but if it, you know, I think a really strong contender for this is the is the Bella. Is yeah. the Bella? Yeah. Um, so I think between the between the two. Yeah, if it was between the two, I, I would much rather have a Vela I think than the so the do we feel happy about cutting the uh, the SE baritone I prefer the baritone to the Vela the no, ba- I just wrong. don't think the baritone is not, a, is, is not interesting I enough I think it's very yeah. interesting the Vela is a brand new model brand yeah. new kind of it looks ethos great. I'm surprised you're not affordable. into the Vela I just, it looks I'm exactly not into, like I'm all not the into guitars like, you love but I'm not into like um, I'm not really into carved top guitars and I'm not really into like two different pickups on a guitar it's never something that's yeah, really appealed the, to the me. The baritones are carved top. Yeah, but it's the same pickups, and it's a baritone, which is cool. And that's that's like I would I would maybe buy one of those. I wouldn't buy a Vela. Mm. Maybe it's maybe it's a prejudice I, think, I have against PRS because I've never. I liked think the them. thing is, is that you know I've never been a massive fan, and I think the Vela was the first guitar PRS guitar that I picked up in a long time and thought, yeah, this is this is cool because the baritones like baritone's like oh, it's a great guitar to have but you've got to want to have a baritone where you could pick up a Vela and just be looking for a new guitar and it would be super whereas if you pick up a baritone you kind you've of got to know that you want the baritone you've got to you want to go that low I mean well, okay so, so let's, se- let's run down what we've got left because okay. we've got seven guitars left um, I want to keep a record of the top five and but we'll award a winner and two runners up so <laughs> why not just I keep a record I thought we were taking two through we are, yeah. The winner and the first runner-up will oh, go okay. through. So, um, so um, we've which of these for you would be a lock-in, Jay Cross? So we've got how many, how many lock-ins can you choose? Um, well, just say which of these need to be in that. Certainly in the top five, but which could be in the top three? So Ernie Ball Saint Vincent Fender Double Cut Telly Line Six Variac Standard Gibson Twenty Sixteen Les Paul Traditional Chapman Ghost for it PRS SE Baritone PRS S Two Vela. Am I choosing two that I want to go pick, through? Pick or? two that you think should be a lock-in. The two that the two that should be a lock-in are the 2016 Les Paul Traditional. Okay. Because I think, as much as it's a wicked guitar, I think that it's good that Gibson have sort of taken a step back and gone, okay, listen, we get it. We maybe made a mistake, and I, you know, I think it's good that they've sort of gone back to what people want and they're listening to what people want as opposed to trying to push on what they want to do um, the other guitar that should go through is the Line 6 Variac Standard okay those are the two that should go through Matt Knight what would you, what, which are the two I'm go- for you I'm going for Vela okay because it's truly unique you know it's a, it is a new guitar It's I think it's the probably the, to me the only one that says it's accessible and new um, and the ghost fret for the for the same oh, reason. You're a mug. Okay. For the same reason. Joe Branton. Right. I, I mean, if GAK had a signature guitar, I'd probably vote for that as well. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go for the um, and it's really tough because I think the top four here are the Vela, the Variax, the um, uh, the Les Paul, and the St Vincent. Okay. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, if I'm going to pick two to go through, then I will take the um, the 2016 Les Paul and the St. Vincent. So what I would say out of listening to your reactions is that none of you mentioned the SE baritone, which I think means that it needs to be cut from this. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So... SE Baritone gone. None of us mentioned the double cut telly either, though. Mark, you haven't said you haven't pitched in with your lock-ins. I mean, I think the double cut telly should be up there. Um, it's not top. Th- it's not the best no, guitar no, from this year. Though. It's not the best guitar from this year. But is it top five? Is well, there? A- not, we were only talking about top two there. The, 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 I know. The but- thing is, for me, like I'm just gonna like go with something else here. It's like I love the 2016 traditional, but. All they're doing is rehashing an idea from four years ago. They are, but, but the, the like guitar is very good so quality. Afford- yes. It is affordable, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was one of the best. It's not, you know, because we knew it was gonna, we knew it was gonna happen even before they announced oh, it. We knew right. it was gonna happen. I'm like, and I'm the thing sure is, we, and then sure when it, did, and then though. it came out of the case, I was like, "Yep, perfect, plays great, sounds great," but we knew it was gonna happen. Oh, maybe you you're right. You maybe we've fallen for Gibson's trick here. Maybe with new coke. new coke. I, I, so you know, I, I said this. Maybe he's right. Two maybe years ago. he's right. It's, maybe it's, we shouldn't be applauding the 2016. I mean, it isn't. You're absolutely right. It's not like they've reinvented the wheel. They've just made the guitar that we all knew they could already make. And they you know, just talking, didn't make it talking about year. you know listening to the public. Chapman goes for it. Uh. <laughs> so we've got a tough choice to make. Does the Gibson 2016 Les Paul Traditional stay on this list? Yes. Matt Knight. See, no, I disagree. Joe Branton. Oh, I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I've, I've been convinced by Matt Knight. Matt Knight's oh, argument is very convincing. It's a very strong argument. It's, it, and, and I think before this podcast started, all of us were saying that it was it a could be a winner for the winner of the whole thing. I think, you know, like I said, it's, it's, our, it's our best gear. And to me, it's, it's an, a great guitar, but it's... Would you add? Okay, it's not, so, it's not surprising. It's, so, it's not surprised me. They're, they're, they're not far off the same price. Would you rather own a Fender Double Cut Telly or a Gibson Traditional 2016? 2016 Traditional. Yeah, I'd rather own a 2016, but I wouldn't. I if I had, but if I had the choice between those two, yeah, Joe Branton. Why between those two? Because they're. Well, I'm yeah, thinking the that they're, they're contentious as to what stays on this list. No, I think the the 16 features way higher than the I, double I think, cut. The I only think person we likes, cut both of who those. likes the double cut is you. I, well, I we can't, we can't, we can't cut, cut both because we need a top five. Why do we need oh, right. a top five? Because I'm going to make this into a video where we count right, down the top okay. five. Okay, well, I think well, the 2016 is top five. Yeah. And then we put the 2016 at number five. Yeah, Are we in agreement? Yeah, Double, I think so. Double cut telly goes. Well, you expressed that it, uh, it wasn't um, original enough, Jay, and you guys seem to think that you prefer a traditional. The Fender Double cut telly's leaving the list. No Fender guitars. There's no Fender guitars wow. in this list. That is shocking. I mean, two years ago, a Squire won. Yeah, well, this is the well, thing. Did it? Did this it year, I looked yeah, at yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, There's yeah. been literally no new Squire models this year to add on this no. list, and because of the kind of um, value for money that they are. Actually, they would they automatically you know if a good model comes out they kind of automatically last make year, the list we voted the rascal bases as as well so we had was, we had a fender base in there last yeah. year that's the yeah. basics the year before wasn't there is it? still an option for a fender base to make the uh, make oh, the yeah, final list we're doing gear of last year aren't we no no no, no there's no, no, one no. in oh, yeah, there was some new base product. yeah there were some new so bases. that means the five guitars we've got left are Ernie Ball St Vincent Line 6 Variac Standard Gibson 2016 Lesbol Traditional Chapman Ghost Fret and the PRS S2 Vela what goes in at number 5 I'm I would say depressed that the ghost threat's made our video. 
It's a great guitar. I really like them. I Look, think. I, I think you know. We know no, that obviously some of us work in in MI retail, and obviously the the place where I work obviously sells these guitars. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I do. I'm not trying. I'm not saying it just because of that reason. I it was one of those guitars I genuinely picked up and went. This isn't a guitar that I would normally pick up, but it doesn't have like a slim metal neck. It's got a massive chunky like no caster neck on it. And we all know, you know that I've got a bit of a kind of. Uh, like of the explorers having owned a couple of cheap ones in the past um but i really like it and i, I like reverse headstocks I, no i you know i'm 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 being obviously obtuse with it but i if it had ibanez on the headstock we would not be having this I think, conversation I, th- I think but then yeah. we probably wouldn't know about it that's the difference i think that's that, the problem isn't it is, is that these companies make so many but what, you say that you say that what have ibanez released this year the fan fret some, seven string some talmans did yeah. they do some Talman time? Yeah. Base. It never made I, it over I, to the I UK. You know. Well, there you go. That's my point. Like, I don't think Ibanez they, really they, have, they done have They have. They have done loads. They had, did a, a massive range of iron label stuff and loads of like limited th- edition. But, then, but, but they're so just com- another RG. That's the thing. Yeah. But what comes into the gear of the year in terms of the gear that we pick is also how the company gets behind their product. And I think that's the thing with the, the Gibson 2016 event. Oh, yeah, all right. So you want that. There it is. You know, St. Vincent. Oh, it's a cool guitar. Here it is. But like, you know, at least with something like the Chapman and the PRS, they're getting massively behind the guitar and going, look at this guitar that we've made. It's completely new. It's, new, it's unique. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure that the, the marketing techniques that, come well, into it too much. Because- no, but it not, I don't think the marketing techniques are something that we intrinsically take into account. But it's what's in our face, what's visible, yeah. plus how much of the public reaction can we see? Like, I've seen countless people saying, wow, these Ghost Fret guitars are really good. I've not seen anyone this year go, oh, this Ibanez Explorer-style guitar is really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about visibility and getting it out there into the kind of public eye. Mm. But that's more to do with the the sort of the branding and the reach that, that Chapman has. And, you know, I, I think it's... And I think it is, but then there's probably... a great success story. There's probably some fellow in his garage making a better guitar that's on Almost on this list but we're never going to see it that's the difference yeah I think that you know Ibanez has been around since the 70s you know and they've been doing guitars a long time you know it's and it's one of those things I just think you know they're getting behind the guitar more and like you say it's more visible and we're seeing more of a reaction to it and I think we're a company like Ibanez who probably released you know I think do you remember like probably eight years ago when Ibanez were a, a massive company in sense that we were selling a lot of Ibanez at that time and their catalogue that came out quarterly had guitars in in the first quarter that didn't even make it to the second quarter yeah, the, because they go oh we've made all these new models and then we'd be like ah oh, that looks cool and then the next we'd be like why didn't we ever get it oh well we scrapped it yeah just did oh we made like some and they went this thing, somewhere the churn of the models is such that actually none of it makes a there's a couple but they very rarely make a lasting impact like can you think of an RG since something like the 550 which was one of the most famous RGs, yeah. the Maple Neck one. Can you think of an RG that's made a lasting impact? The yeah. seven two. Oh no, it wasn't an RG. The seven two one. Is that an RG? Yeah, but that you know that the was two that was what? one. That was what two thousand and one. Yeah, two thousand probably even earlier no, than that. No, it wasn't. No, the the the, the, the non seven string version. Oh, the non string. Yeah, the seven two one that came out. But again, last it doesn't year really before. have a cultural impact. Like we know about that stuff, but it's not like like. It's not out there, and it's just another yeah. RG yeah, to yeah, most yeah, yeah. people, you know. Whereas mm. something like the 550 had a bit of a culture impact, and it. it was that maple board, and it was a classic mm. shred guitar. Whereas something like this, the Ghost Fret, people will know about this guitar. You know, loads of people will know about it. 
Absolutely. I, I don't think that makes it the best guitar no. of the year. No, but which no, is why I'm saying it should be slot four or five, depending on right, how we feel okay. about it. I'm not saying that's going is the winner, because I don't think it appeals to enough people, um, and there's guitars on this list that I personally prefer, mm. but I think it deserves a place in the top five. Mm. I um, agree. So, so what, are we thinking about, what are we thinking about for position what five? What are we thinking about four and five? Let's do that. So which for you guys, what would be your locks for the top three? There's... No way we can see the Chapman above are we, are we all, are, why, don't, are we all, why don't we just go around and say what would be our four and five? Okay. What would be your four and five, Jay? Um, I would put in the Chapman and the PRS. Chapman at five and PRS uh, at four. Chapman at five and PRS at four. Well, you're wrong, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Knight. I would put probably the Variac Standard and the St. Vincent. Wow, okay. Okay, Joe Branton. Um probably the um, Chapman in at five and okay. then the 2016 Les Paul in at four I, I'm i going to say let's put the Ghost for it in at five I think that's pretty Jay said it Joe said it I think for the reasons that we've talked about it can't be higher than that on this list mm. and I think once it you know I, you know, admittedly, it is an an, an odd body shape, and it's not yeah. a, it's not a mass market body it's shape it's probably the most gonna... niche thing in the list yeah. at least yeah yeah, yeah. Talking about well, being niche, five, how does everyone feel about the St. Vincent being at four? Yeah. I think, once again, it, it, it falls under the same thing as the Ghost Fret, really, isn't it? It's it's a great guitar, but yeah. it's not got, in a way, to make it the best gear, I think it also, you do have to take mass market. Yeah, yeah it has absolutely. to take something that appeals I, to I think that was, loads of people. I think that was what I was trying to get at earlier as well, wherein, like, I think that what, one of the things I really like about when we do the gear of the year especially the guitar side of things is like what it can what it can bring what guitars what what it can bring to the world of guitars that we're so into like I, you know and I know that I get slated for it and people roll their eyes when I, when I talk about the the impact that the Ed Sheeran and the Taylor Swifts had you know I think that they were incredible guitars for getting people who haven't otherwise who weren't otherwise into guitar music getting them into guitar music making it accessible making it cool that's the only thing that I'm a little bit disappointed about with the St Vincent in that I think that St Vincent is like the music is aimed at it's kind of like dancey and it's kind of you know it's not traditional guitar music and I think that if that guitar had been a bit I think if that guitar had been 400 quid and I realise that you're not going to get the same Music Man construction for 400 quid but it could have been a um, a Sterling model yes if it had been if the guitar had been 400 quid I think that it would have acted as you know a, a catalyst that would have drawn people who weren't otherwise into guitar music into guitar music yeah. and I think that that's really really cool it hasn't and it is like that sort of niche price and so I you know I'd be willing to concede that yeah it probably should be you know it probably should be below the PRS on the list yeah. Um, personally, I I think it's, I I for me, I think it's a better guitar. And I think it's a cooler guitar. Uh, but I I understand sort of the. I, I think it's a shame that it's the price that it is. I understand why it is, but I just think it's a shame. That's. What I'm trying to. Say. Are we in agreement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vincent, I'll go for that. Vincent. Vincent. Um, okay, so we're left with the Line Six Variac Standard, the Gibson 2016 Les Paul Traditional, and the PRS S2 Vela. Wow, I'm Crikey. I'm gonna put it out there. I know this might be Let's... jumping ahead, but in terms of my personal number one would be the PRS because I was just looking at the list of what we voted the best guitar last year, and, and we said the Washburn 
solar. solar because not only does it appeal to metal players it's got pickups in that appeal to like it's a it's a more mass you know we were all saying that actually we could play one of those and you could do a wide range of music and you know they're just a nice new design that's different and that's why I think the PRS is ultimately out of those three the best guitar out of those so, three what we should do is go around the table and ask for what people's top threes are. If we're in agreement on a position, we can leave that guitar in that position. Jay Cross, your top three out of the Line 6 Variac Standard, the 2016 Les Paul Traditional, and the PRS S2 Vela. 1, 2, 3 or 3, 2, 1? 3, 2, 1. 3, 2, 1. 3, 2, 1. Third position, PRS S2 Vela. Uh, Matt, Matt is shaking his head. <laughs> quite second place, second place, 2016. First place, Variac standard. I think the Variac standard is. Um, I, I, I really think the Variac standard is the most important guitar that came out this year. I think that it's you know it, apart from it being like a symbol of matrimony between um, Variac uh, between Line Six and uh, Yamaha. I think it's. I, I really do think that it's a. Um, I think it's something. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to be. A, a real long-term successful guitar that they won't need to update much because it's already got the the top end mm. Variac software in it, and it's in a it's in a four hundred quid yeah. um, Pacifica, is- which I think it's in a like a two hundred quid or three hundred quid Pacifica. It's a brilliant guitar for the money. It's a brilliant guitar for the money, and I, I really do think that it's it's the most important guitar that came out this year. See, from what you say there, to me, I would never need to update it. The same as Les Paul <laughs> is that. We just know that that's just going to be a guitar that's going to exist. It's never going to bake, break, bake boundaries. It's, it's never, never going to bake, bake any it boundaries. It won't bake any boundaries. So for me, it would be basically almost the opposite to what you said. So I'd rather have the standard at th- the Varex standard at three, the traditional at two, and then the, the Vela at one. Joe Branton, man, I'm really stuck sort of between them. I completely agree with everything Jay said, and then I thought about. Um, the legitimacy of this podcast if a Line 6 product is the best guitar of the year. No, I think that's I think that's perfectly valid. And I yeah, think that I, it's, you know, how many times... To- you know, you, you, we could say that about last year when the Solar one, you know, would we have gone into this thinking, before we sat down and chatted about it, did anyone actually go... This process, did anyone yeah. actually go, you know, oh, the Solar's going to win it? No, of course none of us yeah. sat down and thought about that. But that's the point, and that's why these discussions, I think, are important, is that, it, you know... We we get we get like people are constantly being like oh all you ever do is talk about Fender and Gibson it's like yeah we do talk a lot about Fender and Gibson but then when you actually sit down and think about it there are brands yeah, and there are products yeah. on the sort of think, the yeah. outskirts of of our sort of our own personal interests that are making things that are like pucker and yeah. I think that I, I really think that the Variax is, is right up there. Did you the, say the, pucker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is right, we, JB we, or we knew the traditional was going to happen. <laughs> And we knew the very standard was going to happen. Well, we didn't uh, know it was going to happen. We did. We, did. we, we, know it was yeah. we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but well, that's because we're, well, we're smart fellas. How does everyone feel about this? Joe didn't get his three, two, one. Yeah, he did. No, I didn't. Oh, go on then. Um, I, I think Jay, you might have just swayed me. I can't. I can't have. I can't have the Vela be the first one because I don't. I just don't think it's it's not brought enough to the table for me. I, well, I said I it's agree. a great, a great guitar, and probably out of all the ten we've spoken about, the one I would buy. I will, but I, I will don't not be happy if the traditional is the number one. But the traditional. What if it does though? It's gone from us going this will win to us going is this even in the top five? <laughs> <laughs> to, it could win. Traditional in at three. 
um, for me and then Vela in at two and very excellent one is wow. that the same as you? No, I said uh, oh, no, traditional two. Yeah. Okay. How does everyone feel about the Les Paul traditional winning it? <laughs> no. No. no, because none no, of, two us, of us. The have, two of us have said two and one place. said three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how about you guys listen to my ideas? Mark how, Packham. Okay, right. How about number three? We go for the Vela. No, what's your no. What's your top three? Neither of us. Okay, so in terms of be. what I would. He if someone said, "Here's these three, three guitars," my <coughs> my in third place would be the Variac Standard. Okay. Second place would be the Vela, and my first place would be the Les Paul Traditional. But okay. that is heavily weighted on what I would actually want so to play. Two people said that the Variac Standard should be third, and two people said it the should be first. Should be first. <laughs> should be first. How about Variac Standard at two? Yeah. But no, but then, no, but then the Vela no, or the Les Paul at number one. Yeah, and no. No, the very the very X Come on, is Joe. better than you, the other you two. You said earlier. You said actually, with the standard, the, the standard, the well, the traditional that you know we knew it was going to happen. They've not done anything new. I, and to be honest, they haven't made a big deal about no, it. They I haven't even shouted about it. Absolutely, that's because they haven't got enough stock. Twenty sixteen is absolutely third place here. That I, I really don't think it can win. So and, 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 and with the very X standard to... uh, being instantly added into two makes the Vela no, no, number no. one. I, I think I think it should be. The, I, I think it's the top. I think it's. I think it's the. What, I think the it's Les the, Pauls number one. No, I think that the the, the Variax is the. I, I, I just don't. So I don't think that. I think once again it comes down to the fact that for me they just we we knew it was going to happen and it's a great guitar and we knew the technology was great we knew the Pacificas were great and then they've just hey, okay stuck right two here's here's the thing to think about with the Variax. If someone buys that Les Paul traditional now, conceivably, will they be playing it in five or ten years' time? The, the answer is the answer yes. is yes. Yeah. yeah. If someone buys a Variac standard now, will they conceivably be playing that guitar in five to ten years' time? Yeah, I think they probably I, will. Conceivably, I, I, will they struggle to sell it into a cash converters in five years' time? <laughs> yeah. That is I think. True, I yeah, think yeah. that's the big thing: is yeah. that the technology will ultimately change, and I, the guitar I, and the guitar won't stand the test. I of don't time, think where that's the traditional will stand the test. Will of time. I, will I disagree. I don't think that that is should be a consideration in this category. That is a consideration for the category that we're talking about in a couple of days, which is 2015's best gear of 2014. I think that's a consideration for that. Hindsight. I don't think it's a consideration for whether it's this year's best guitar. In interest of time, because we're well over an hour, and we said these podcasts were going to be like half an hour. Um, <laughs> also, and we've got another category. Yeah, we're going to have to do an extra episode. There's no, no. no. What, we what we'll do is we'll have a little break, and then but we'll put it in this episode as well. So, Okay, okay so our top three must consist of the Line 6 Variac Standard, the Gibson 2016 Les Paul Traditional, PRS S2 Vela. Oh, the, okay, so loggerheads, don't we? Okay, so here's here's the thing with the Vela. I just I just can't see the Variax as number one. I, I, no, I just like you can't you can't just give the Gibson number one by proxy. No, I'm let's not pick about, by proxy. Let's, let's talk about one guitar at a time. Okay, let let me just say something about the Vela. So the thing that the the the, the pluses for the Vela are, well, you know, it's got that sort of Dynasonic sort of pickup, so you know you can get your sort of Gretschy sort of sounds. You've got the humbucker in the bridge, so you can get your sort of Gibsony sort of sounds. You've got you know the the switch, so you can switch between them, and you can get your sort of single coil out of phasey type of sounds. Kind of like how with the Variax, you can make it sound a bit like a Gretsch. You can make it sound a bit like a Les Paul, the, and it's half the price. Yeah, but the problem with that is, is that although when you're playing all those models, it doesn't feel like the guitar that you're modelling. And the that was always my ultimate problem with it, was that when you put it on a Les Paul, 
setting, it doesn't feel like you're playing a Les Paul. Where the Vela it sounds, it sounds like, like a Vela. It sounds like its own guitar and it's completely unique. And it feels where for me, it's like you model an acoustic. You're like, oh, it sounds like an acoustic. Oh, it's cool. No, I mean, at the end of the day, and as we know, you can have all the best gear in the world on stage. The audience don't care what you you're playing. No, no, no. But I know it's that, about yeah. your own personal yeah. gratification of the guitar that you're playing. And with the Variax, every time I went to a different model, I was like, it sounds cool. But it doesn't feel like the guitar I'm modeling. I, I and agree, that, and that was the ultimate problem. I agree. Where the Vela sounds like the guitar that it is, I and that's <laughs> and that's completely unique. I mean, it, it, this is difficult for me because I just don't like the Vela. I just, I just, don't, I mean, how, I just. How about the Les Paul number one? But you have to take. <laughs> put, put, I love that you just keep saying that. No, no, but wait. Put aside no the one fact wants that the Les the, Paul to win here except aside, you. The, the fact that we knew that it was coming and it's yeah. an obvious new Coke move is it a really really of good course, guitar of course I'm and never going to someone... you're never going to get anything anything bad from me about uh, you love about... Les Paul traditional. absolutely that's what I'm saying and this and is a great Les Paul traditional I would say it's even as good as the one you've got which is a guitar that you love and you say is one of the best years for Les Paul yeah. this guitar is as good as that so should this guitar be the best guitar this year has it got more <sighs> longevity than the Variax and yeah. I know, yeah. like you said, yeah, we shouldn't take hindsight. If you were like a 15-year-old kid getting your first guitar, obviously there's a price difference. Yeah. But would you be more happy getting a Les Paul I that you can keep for the rest of your life yeah. or a Variax Absolutely. that is going to get I outpaced software-wise in two years? This is this is like... I it mean, has I've to probably, be the Les Paul out of those two. It has to yeah, be. of course I, it does. I, I, and like, you know, it's difficult because... I don't like the Vela. I don't well, like it the, at all. Okay, let's right. go. So, how, but, but, how about no, Vela third, Variax second, Les Paul first? I think we've got to put it down to two. I think, which means either Matt or Jay has to I'm, 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 yeah. I'm throwing something in here as because I've just, I've, I'm just thinking, and I'm just thinking about <clears throat> Gibson as a company and what they're and what they're doing. I would say that the the best top three for us to do would be. Variax at three, Vela at two, and traditional at one. That's why I think we need. There needs to be some compromise. Les Paul, the line six needs to be second. The Les Paul needs to be first, and the Vela. Why does the line six need to be second? Because, because, because they, these two both, both really like it. I think that the Vela is a great guitar, but I think third place is a brilliant position. Oh yeah, I because mean, I suppose that's the thing. We would never yeah. have said it a few years ago that a PRS would crack our top three. Really, I think like, the thing is, is you got. I suppose with the line. Gibson is that you've it, realistically, and I suppose this comes back to what we said right at the beginning: is if you had fifteen hundred quid to buy a classic instrument <laughs> and you had the choice between those three guitars what guitar are you going to buy you're going to buy the, the traditional, traditional. because at the end of the day Gibson have gone we need to make a, a, we need to go back to a classic guitar and I suppose for that for that reason in a sense I mean I, I will always put the value at number one but I, I it's because I want something a bit different uh, so I think to as a way of compromise Vela at three it does mean that I totally lost but Variax at two <laughs> and Les Paul because it's one. the complete opposite to what I said how do we feel about that yeah I mean what it, was it Vela at v- three Variax Variax Les Paul, Les Paul. I would switch I mean, to Variax and the Vela the is, other way around see, uh, but is the thing the is, is in, 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 in the interest of playing the long game I'm I'm like I would be happy for the Vela to go in at number two and then for us this time next year to be sitting here and be looking at 2016's best gear of 2015 and for us to be like, the Vela 
What was that? Well, yeah, because that, that, isn't, that case, isn't going to be anything that anybody remembers. In that case, so we know that two guitars are going to go through to the final gear of the year. So a runner-up with further consideration can still win it. So how about at number one, we put the Les Paul Traditional, we put the Variax at two, so you guys can have your shout in the final yeah. rundown, and the Vela comes in at a very commendable third place. Matt Knight. I, I, I still don't agree, but I think I'm going to lose here. I think that's a consensus. Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to have to concede that one. Yeah, but we've got to. a whole long pedal, pedal category coming up, so I'm sure there'll be some arguments there as so well. So there it is. So uh, well, our after, sec- second runner-up is after, the... After an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even done the second category. I know. Why, do we, why do we put the top three in the Patreon? <laughs> so uh, what we'll do is we'll have a little break now um, but just for uh, confirmation uh, our top five guitars of the year are at five the Chapman Ghost Fret at four the Ernie Ball St. Vincent the uh, at three is the PRS S2 Vela at two is the Line 6 Variax Standard and at one is the Gibson Les Paul Traditional 2016 people are going to get absolutely slated in the comments of this video we're not why because people are going to be like oh Gibson we've, we've, we've reasoned everything know, out know, we've reasoned, and this yeah. is what always happens every year I know, the, I know. It, at one time we were saying should that be in the top five <laughs> and we've talked about it and yes it's the winner so anyway <laughs> let's, have, let's have a break let's have some tea and uh, oh, coming up after this God we're going to talk about the best other things Thing. Um, see you in a minute. Cool. Bye. Farewell. And we're back uh, for the second category in oh, the first episode of uh, this year's gear of the year. We this bought, is we that was heated and everything's. We boiled a kettle and it simmered down. I think, yeah, we've we got a nice little green tea. The sort of gen- gentle now. resentment that was simmering gin, has gin. now oh, gone off, gone off gin. the boil. Oh, it's too early for gin. Maybe by the final we'll be Ooh, on the gins. Yeah, right. we should go and get some gin. It's, it's after twelve, so I think we can officially yeah. start gin, drinking. Gin time. <laughs> is that what you've got? Is that water or gin? No, straight gin. Just, just pure gin. Half a pint of straight gin. Pure gin. So in this category, we're discussing best other thing 2015. It might be. A uh, kind of bit of a weird idea to do best other thing, but quite a did few things. Did we do other thing last year? We did, um, and few what things fall into year? this category. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. What did win it last year? I think maybe. Did Deco win it? I can't no, remember. The Gibson, the Gibson T-shirt. It was not the Gibson T-shirt <laughs> that Jay is wearing. <laughs> um, so this encompasses basically uh, switches, power supplies, gig bags, phones, um, I love straps. This. Uh, what else could be on there? Plectrums, uh, merchandise, uh, if it needed to be, uh, things like tuners, uh, be it clip-on or pedal format. Um, so, nominations this year are the Boss ES8 multi-switcher, Woo! the Dunlop Isobrick power supply, the Laney IRT Pulse interface, the Marshall London smartphone, and the TC Polytune clip clip-on tuner. So, five. So five things. It's a bit of a short category, obviously, because other things is a bit of a weird one. Um, guitar companies tend to produce guitars or amps and pedals and don't produce other things. But so first up on this list, the Boss ES8. Should we clarify why this is on this instead, instead of, of pedals? Pedals. Yes, because it doesn't make a sound itself, which is weird when you think about the IRT Pulse, because that kind of does produce a sound, but it's not an amplifier. So. What's the Pulse? It's 
Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the USB format, well, right. like the sound card format was. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, ES8 doesn't produce the sound itself, which is why it's in this category and not in pedals. And the IRT does produce the sound, but it's not an amplifier as such, so it doesn't belong in best amp. Just mm-hmm. clears things up. So, Matt, you've probably uh, been the biggest proponent of the ES8 this year. You've bought one, you've used it extensively. Mm. Why should the ES8 be on this list? Um, I think it's difficult because a load of people obviously there are other switching systems out and there have been other switching systems for a long time yeah. but I think Boss have kind of realised that a lot of I think what they've they've done a clever thing because when they did their original switching system in the 80s they designed it so you could only use really use Boss pedals all the spaces on the pedal board it was like a huge pedal board with a brain yeah. and all the spaces were for Boss pedals yeah and then you kind of had um, other companies doing other switching systems that were quite boutique and quite expensive that worked really well, and you used loads of, you know, gold relays for <coughs> kind of X, Y, and Z, and you know, buffers, but nothing really incorporated all of the weird stuff that companies are adding into their pedals, like MIDI. Like MIDI's become a huge thing within not only guitar pedals but guitar amplifiers. Um, and using things like Ableton, people play, you know, bands using um, triggers, and, stuff. triggers yeah, yeah. and allowing, you know, basically, hard, you know, software to trigger physical hardware to trigger pedals. Um, and that's where Boss really went, actually, if we put full MIDI capability in this and actually added things in that are now making their way onto other products. So it's a real kind of tester, you know, building an internal expression pedal. So you can actually set buttons to do expression pedal features but by just the touch of a button yeah um you know syncing everything to an internal clock and doing it that way you know basically allowing players to make the most out of pedals they've already had for a long time like the strime timeline strime i realized the other day i think i've had my strime timeline now two and a half three years and i don't think i've ever got the most out of it because you're always constantly switching between patches you don't want to go bank up and down and i know they bought out something like the multi-switch but physically being able to use a pedal to then send out multiple program changes. Yeah. It's, it's changed the way people think about their gear who use all the Strymon products or you know use things like the new DD500. Well, it or, means that, that you can combine different elements from those with one switch. Yeah, and you know the, a, a great thing the other day was I was using one of the um, the Sur amps. They make an amp called the Hedgehog. It's a 50 watt amp that's you know it's all analog, but it's got MIDI presets. Yeah, and I sold uh, a guy an ES8. And we had hooked it into a timeline and then into the amp so that not only when we changed the delay patch on the timeline, it also changed the preset on the amplifier. Oh, it sounds like a rough day at the office for you, man. Oh, it was a great I mean, day. You must, must have hated that. that. I think the only, de- the only downside to the is that guitarists don't have a lot of experience with MIDI. And, yes. And, and I think that was the, the, the tricky thing to... But there's a good online... Com- I think it's like there's a good online community for things like the ES8. People have kind of really banded together and worked out how to, to do it. But I think, in fact, just being able to use it for software to hardware remote control makes it amazing. Because yeah. I think it's one of the only things on the market that allows you to really do that. Yes. Um, and obviously regular boss build quality, good yeah. boss warranty. It's not like you're buying a kind of little boutique switcher where you're not going to be sure if there's kind of legs to it they're actually yeah. supporting it and the build quality is you know, as good as anything they we've make. been saying all year that boss have you know i think turned a corner in in terms of their products and the s8 is half the price of some of the other boutiques which is not that they're bad products they're great products but boss have kind of brought that into the mass market yeah you, you talk about there being a, a, a sort of community for it and everything but actually those those groups um, or at least some of them are, are set up by boss themselves to allow people to 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a bad thing. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I'm saying that as a great thing. I'm saying you know yeah. as what wonderful support from a company. Oh, I see what you yeah. mean. They're okay, actually yeah. setting up Facebook pages for people, and it's, to be it's able got to... it's got people who are like relatively high up in that company, who are you can like actually have a go at if you know if you disagree with something or if you think that you know you should have a go. Apart, at them. You should have a go at them if you find a I flaw in the, it. The only the only um, I suppose one of the only difficult things with a product like this is that now bringing it into the mass market people don't really understand it and they wouldn't necessarily think why would I use it which I know is things that we've discussed before where you know like math bands and things that you've got massive pedal awards are used to stepping on like tap dancing around and how, does it limit or does it expand creativity because you're programming presets and I suppose that because n- not everyone's ever used a switching system most people think would I have the need for it so it's kind of getting it in the hands of people that actually go okay actually I could probably make some use out of this there's something I can actually find what I want to do with it and that's where they've aimed it very much that you know look at the videos and stuff they've been doing they're aiming at that kind of like math market who've got loads of pedals and the what the math market not the math market no the math market right okay um, people who love math yeah yeah people who love math and well people that have just got giant pedal board collections yeah. or you know pedal collections on a, on a pedal board so um, so ESA we think uh, deserves to be there because it's a very complicated switching system but has got great support and has kind of targeted at a at the mass and math markets game changer mm. let's talk about another um, pedal board accessory the Dunlop ISO brick Jay this is one that you've been uh, oh, kind man. of finally espousing this the is gonna values be, this of. is going to win why, why, year to year why ISO is brick. this better than uh, why is it better than like um, voodoo Okay, so four by four I, I, I think actually what you want to do is you want to take a step back and you want to compare it to what was available from Dunlop previously, <clears throat> which before any of the um, uh, the Voodoo Lab stuff came out, you know, you, if you wanted to have something that would power multiple pedals, the the DC brick was the, the main option. You know, you had the DC brick and you had the, uh, the T-Rex fuel tanks. They were sort of the main options, neither of which were isolated. Um, when the... T-Rex fuel tank junior came out it came out a little bit further down the line and they were able they, they isolated it which is one of the things that I think is a little bit weird and I think it's a bit odd that T-Rex haven't updated that unit um, you know because it's but anyway that's sort of by the by the the ISO brick is a a unit which has got eight nine volt outputs and two 18 volt outputs two of the nine volt outputs can power up to 400 milliamps right each two of wow. them can yeah two of them can power uh up to 240 milliamps or 250 and then the other eight can power i think 90 or 100 each or something like that so basically what it means is that you can run your timeline and your big sky from one power supply which is uh, as well as six other nine volt pedals that's, which is something that's the big selling yeah. point which is, yeah. is something that not that nothing else can do you know if you get a uh, well unless you go for like a um, pedal train mondo uh, sorry a voodoo labs mondo but can you even power two you get two mm. 18s on the pedal on the voodoo labs pedal power that's two. not the issue I think the issue is the fact that you can power two uh, big Strymon pedals I think right. I think the thing is is and it's 110 quid yeah, I think, oh, yeah. I think what you've got to take into consideration is that actually I mean voodoo labs have been around a long time you know 15 16 years but they were always considered boutique and expensive and they've only really come into 
prominence in the UK maybe more recently because more shops bring them in whereas you know when I first got into effects everyone had a Dunlop power brick I think that's the thing everyone or one of the like Hills one like an unbranded the one that horrible. just said ACDC oh yeah, yeah. I've yeah. still got one of those but I Classic. think you used to be able to buy a Maplin for 29 quid yeah yeah um and, but you know you can still buy the Voodoo Lab stuff but it, you know it is expensive where I think the brick is smaller it's cheaper and it's a great option for people looking to build a pedal board who don't want to spend the sort of but not even, not even that I, I, I now think that you don't need to spend that sort of money because I think that this does everything that something like the Mondo will do the Mondo how many outputs do you get on a well, Mondo the Mondo will you power to 12 the Mondo will do like I mean, I think the most I ever got off mine was like seventeen. Because like, you can, off. yeah, but you can do that. You could do that with the um, you could do that with the DC brick. Yeah, I mean, the, sorry, with the ISO brick. You know, because what you want to do, like, you know, you want to be able to power your say. You've, it will do like an even tied space. You know, you yeah, can do yeah, like yeah. an even tied the, space, or you can do a uh, a timeline, or you can do um, you know anything that large. And you can also, you know, the the other the four other outputs are still. Excuse me, I think they're 90 or 100 milliamps each. So, you know, you can still power yeah, you can get a five, six, seven, maybe, you know, depending on what they are, you know, maybe maybe eight or nine yeah, bus I mean, pedals can, off of each one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good... I think the only shame was that we've only just seen it within the last month. It took so long. Mm. Mate, I think sure. it's probably because they were thinking... They were probably... Well, maybe know, just really getting the product get... right and making sure that it works with everything. That's always a big thing with power supplies and pedal board stuff. It's yeah. a compatibility with everything on the market. Yeah. So... Yeah, just making sure the product actually did all the things that it had the you know the uh, promise of doing. So, once again, I think it's another um, example of Dunlop. Is it Dunlop or is it MXR? I think uh, it's MXR, isn't it, rather than Dunlop? No, it's under the, the Dunlop. Dunlop. Oh, it's yeah, under yeah. the Dunlop. Yeah, That's really interesting. Well, it's MXR on the front, but it's I suppose. Oh, because okay, so it's MXR then. I mean, because I know they're the same company, but originally it was the Dunlop. DC brick and then they rebranded it I as think the, MXR, the MXR DC Mike, brick MSR ISO MXR, brick yeah, no MXR right. DC brick and yeah, then, yeah. They, then they brought out this yeah. which is the MXR ISO brick and again I think this is it's a like a, just another reason why uh, I, I Dunlop are one of my favourite guitar companies I I think they'd probably be top three by Top five, definitely. Okay. Um, I think they're great, and I think they listen to people, and I think they, whilst they don't necessarily sort of push boundaries, you know, I don't think there's that much in the way of uh, of Dunlop being like, okay, cool, look, here's a pedal that you weren't expecting us to bring out, and we've brought it out, and it's amazing. You know, they don't really do that. It's more like, here's, we just keep innovating on our kind of Absolutely. really good and designs I, and I think already. That's, I think that it's really commendable, and everything's like, everything's built in the, the US. Yeah, you we know, talked uh, about before, they make their own packaging, and, yeah. and uh, everything yeah, I just, in-house. I, I, just think it, I just think they're a really good company, and I, I think that this is a, a brilliant, brilliant product. Brilliant product. Matt Knight, tell us about the Laney IRT Pulse. Yeah, Joe, Joe's breaking. Joe's trying to Joe's, pull down my blind. Sorry. Joe's trying to climb out. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, you know, I think recording for me has always been one of the things that I really only ever sort of play at home, and I only really play for my own enjoyment. And every time I've gone to like record something, I've gone down like this route and I go like this and this, and I'm going to mic up this, and and then once you've plugged everything in, you're like. And actually, like now, I can't be bothered to actually yeah, hit take, record. Yeah, it takes two hours, and then you only want to do an hour's worth of recording. Yeah, um, and I think for me, a product like the RT Pulse is basically it's, an, it's a USB output valve-driven preamp. Yes. So you can basically plug your guitar in, you plug it in via USB, and, and it's got amp modelling in there as well, like cabinet modelling. Yeah, there's software, and you and you can reamp, and you just pr- literally press the button on the front, and it allows you to to reamp. Um, and it's just, I think, for people like 
me who basically just go lazy yeah basically lazy people who just want to record or you know not even record because they're recording stuff for you know a band it's just that sometimes you just want to be recording all the time in case an idea comes up and you go yeah that was great and you can just scroll back through it um but also in terms of like traveling around if you're like on tour you want to record stuff like that you know it, you could, in theory, go straight into um, you know a laptop, and you know you can record gigs and things like that as well. It's, it's a out. brilliant, like high quality, really affordable, easy recording solution. And that, that's the problem. I think I think the way we record things is changing, and yeah. it's becoming less. I think that there's there's maybe a um, you expect to have to put in some some work or have a complicated setup in order to get a good result from recording and that really is changing and it's products like this that are making quick recording now a really viable option yeah because the quality is so good and just having having a lane a valve driven laney amp in your pocket for you know how, how much are they they're, they're less than a couple of hundred quid. Yeah, they are. Like yeah. One seven nine. I think, yeah. Maybe? Um. What I think about the um going down that route of you know there's there's obviously a lot of recording devices available, but not a lot of them are targeted at guitarists. There's more and more now, but um you know traditionally that you'd buy a two in sound card, which probably has a load of features that you know most guitarists won't ever use, particularly if you just want to play along to backing tracks mm. or you want to just record some guitar parts. The, the good thing about this is it's very targeted. Yeah. It's just for guitarists. You plug your guitar in um, and you've got good valve-driven guitar sounds straight away. Great, and the great thing is now is that we've seen a huge revolution in uh, recording onto iOS devices, you know, so going in via USB. And you can actually, because this is Valve, go in through like a camera connection kit on an iPad and record into GarageBand. Yep. And you're actually recording valve-driven guitar tones Onto an iOS device, yeah, 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 which is just, which is like, which is amazing because it's like you know, you've got all the focus right stuff, which is cool, and the docks, which are cool, but you know, some people want that valve tone because sometimes they can sound a bit digital, they can sound a bit brittle, yep. And this is physically giving you proper, you know, Pro- actual valves, actual valves, yeah, real which, valves. Make, which makes a real, which does make a big difference, I think. So next up on the list, the Marshall London smartphone. Um, have you guys actually had your hands on the the London? Where can you actually buy one? I know it sounds so ridiculous. I think you can get one in London. Yeah, you buy them from London. That's why it's called London. No, so I think you can buy them direct from Marshall, and I think there's also more kind of like gadget places. I think maybe like Selfridges and things like that. Um, somewhere, you know, the places that sell phones, basically. I think, it, you know, and I know it like splits everyone really and, and everyone's kind of like oh you know marshal this and, and it literally does split it has two headphone inputs I know so, I, mean, so this is- I was going to say the reason that I put this on the list is because I actually did have a chance to play it and I wanted to talk about it because I actually think it's a really cool bit of kit so it's not the fastest smartphone in the world it's not like the best looking smartphone in the world but if you're a guitar player or you like rock stuff um, then it just works really well so like you say two headphone outputs which don't know of any other phone that has that. No, um, I don't know too many people who share phones. Well, no, but let's say like you're like a young kid who's into like rock stuff, yeah, yeah. and you want to play a tune to your mate or whatever. You can both plug your headphones in, and uh, you're getting like a decent headphone output. Absolutely. I mean, outputs. you know, when you were when you're in sixth form or whatever, on like, the bus, back of the bus, back on the bus for your day saver. Yeah, you know, you were sat there and next to your mate, and you'd be like, oh, mate. Listen to this. Like, you have to just I've just heard this new in. band. They're called Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> You're gonna well love this song. And you know, you'd be like, "Oh, listen how good that guitar sounds." And they've only got like 
the bass or the drums or whatever and it's like you know because you've got one headphone each and so i understand that side of things it is a bit weird it is a bit weird obviously does it, it sound better is it like higher quality so than an iphone it's, it's got music it's got player. certainly a comparable um like dac chip so uh, digital analog converter plus it's got a better headphone amp than most right, smartphones okay. on the market um what I really like about it as well, it's kind of set up for music. You're not having to download any like third-party um, EQ apps or anything like that. It's all built into the phone. So, say you've got like, say you want like a bit more bass out of it, it's just an app that's already on the desktop and basically ready to go. They've kind of thought about things like that. Like my, you know, say someone like my dad bought a phone and he wanted a bit more bass. He's not going to go into the app store and be like, oh, download a. Equalizer and do that. Do you have to do that? You can do it I on, think the, so. I don't do it on think the iPhone, I think, can't you? I don't know. I, I don't think so. very basic ones. Yeah, right, this okay. has got like some proper, like, decent I think the thing right. is, yeah. is that when they built this phone, they went, you know, martial amps, music, musicians. Obviously, if we're going to build a phone, we should probably make one orientated towards the kind of uh, yeah, people that um, into the brand of Marshall already. If you compare the spec, it's not a good smartphone. In fact, it's quite bad. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stand up particularly well in terms of processing power, things like that. But what it has got is musician-targeted features, which for Marshall is exactly what you want. You know, There's a reason they're like one of the most recognisable rock and roll brands out there is because they do things a kind of rock and roll way and that's what they've done with this phone uh, there's also things like basic DJ software so if you wanted to like get into mixing tracks for all those DJs that play Marshall gear well yeah, not necessarily that <laughs> but let's say someone's doing like a radio show or wants to get into that type of DJing um, then all that stuff's on the I'm phone I'm going to mix my two Marshall stacks <laughs> yeah 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 I'm going to put a, a, like a, a deck in the middle and then actually I wonder if that is that's some way you can actually oh, like yeah. uh, you want to get a crossfader a crossfader uh, for your AB box Matt Knight's new band was born here Matt Knight's done it AB box with expression pedal control first guitar nerds pedal I mean that's I mean that's that'd be quite cool because you could then pan between someone the, must do that um, don't the Ernie Ball volume stereo pedals do that they have, maybe they do have a pan on them yeah I think they do anyway so that's what I'm saying that Marshall uh, London smartphone is kind of up there because I think it's uh, if we're talking about best other gear it's quite a difficult category and I just picked stuff that kind of stood out and that did stand out it was a big product release this year um, and actually if you want a music smartphone it's got some features in there that you're not going to get on anything else mm. last up on the list can I actually just whilst we've been talking I thought of something else that probably should have been on the okay. list and I'm pretty sure it was this year the Sure GLX... No. No, it's last year. Last year. Oh, was it, last it was, in fact, in our gear of the it? year last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't it worry was. about it then. Um, so, last on the Get list... the times, Grandad. <laughs> last on the list is the TC Electronic Polytune Clip. Joe Branton, thoughts on the Polytune Clip? Yeah, I, I was a little... I think when we first mentioned it on the podcast, I was um, a bit negative towards it because um, I don't understand the idea of a posh clip-on tuner. Okay. Like, you know, you, as, as soon as you want to take tuning seriously, you, you have a pedal rather than a clip-on because it's only so accurate a clip-on's going to be. But it, having actually used one, which I think when we were recording the Guitar Nerds demo videos, yeah, we did a round of Guitar Nerds demos um, at, at my house, and Matt, you brought your you mm. you have one, yeah. and you brought yours round, and I was really actually genuinely impressed yeah. with with its construction and just and and yeah, I guess exactly that the thing that I didn't think was possible, like making a high quality clip on yeah, tuner which is exactly what it is it feels robust it clips on well they've also built a tuner that people have been buying more than one of and I mean that 
in itself is an incredible feat because most people were going to buy one clip-on tuner and be like, oh, I've got... But, you know, they've, they've been tweeting pictures from, like, Steve Vai's Guitar Tech and every single guitar has got a, a, a clip-on tuner clip, because yeah. he's like, actually, I'm not going to have one on the floor anymore. I'm just going to have a polytune on the end of my guitar and then that's going to be it. And using for backstage for techs and stuff like that. You what know, you've got to bear in mind as well, you say high, high-end tuner. Price-wise, they come down to what, less than 30 quid or around they, 30 quid? 30 to 35. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, bear in mind, like, a cheap plastic one is probably going to cost you 20 quid. And there's still companies like Peterson who make clip-on tuners that are, like, 100 quid. Yeah, I think so. They've, um, they've basically gone. Okay, people are buying loads of cheap plastic clip-on tuners. Let's make something a bit more expensive. That's metal. Sh- it's metal chassis, isn't it? It's yeah. like yeah. Pop- it's, it's plastic. Uh, the actual clip itself is metal with a proper metal. Yeah, spring, ex- yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the polytune clip deserves to be on Definitely. there. Um, really good. I, I would actually be. Uh, we, we're picking top two from this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this would definitely be. Well, one, we'll, one we'll put them in order because we've yeah. got five products and we've got five spots. But yeah, we can uh, we can pick a top two. So let's get down to it. The nitty gritty. What goes into the fifth slot? Marshall London. Marshall London. Marshall London. Marshall London. Okay, so Marshall London goes in fifth. Um, what we're saying in fourth? I think it's a toss up between the. Well, actually, I guess it's. I guess it's the Pulse, but yeah, not, not by any floor of the Pulse. No. Um, I mean, it's the it, fourth, fourth best other thing this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. It, it, I, I think the Pulse could just as easily have won it if there weren't... The, th- the three other products... The, the Pulse, I think, is great. But yeah. The three other products here are brilliant. They're yeah. all really good products that mm. have the potential to go very far in, in the full rundown, I They think. are indeed. So uh, we're saying IRT Pulse. Bear in mind that we talked about the uh, the full amp version of it, the IRT Studio, Studio. Yeah. Yeah. as being a potential gear of the year, what, two years yeah, ago? Two, yeah, I think that so, was my I mean, one, yeah. You know, bear in mind, it is a kind of stripped-down version of that um, in that it's just the USB and the valve section from that um, I think that's quite uh, it's you know quite uh, quite good positioning considering this, that it is a stripped down version of a product that kind of already exists this is much more tepid than uh, the than, than last one we've, <laughs> well, we've agreed on two things in a row it, okay so this is where it's going to heat up third place because bear in mind only two of these go through to the final yeah. so Boss ES8 Dunlop Isobrick or TC Polytune Clip what we're we saying for third place the one that doesn't go through to the final um, it's, it's, it's the brick. Yeah, I think but, it'd have to be but, the brick. No, the brick is it's great. Brick. But the the, the clip-on tuner is is innovative. Absolutely. And, and, and Which totally is why the third best product on this list is the Boss ES8. No, definitely. <laughs> no, you're out of order. The Boss ES8 is the third best product on this list. Definitely not. That, that is the, the ES8 is the best product in this whole series. Uh, the ESA is is gonna I, pit, it's I, gonna come pretty high on the on the overall thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with Matt. I, I, I think would walk out the front door if the ESA mind, didn't make it into the two. The ESA <laughs> may have a shot in a later category, in that, the, because it was as in part of the running in the listeners' choice category. Has it made it in? We don't know unless you're on the Facebook group and you do know. So. I wouldn't risk it. It's still number. It's still the best product there. I, but I point. think we can't take that into account. We need to go by what is the better product. I think, unfortunately, the Isobrick has got to <sighs> be third. The so good. It's a great yeah, product. It is great. It's, I, it's the best power supply out there in this list that you can It's the best buy. product out you know, there this year that's come out this year, but I still wouldn't say it was the best power supply out there. Whereas no, I think the ES8 true. is the best. Yeah, new I mean, I, I only said product. that. I only said that to run everybody up. I, I mean, I agree. The the, the Boss ES8 is probably probably deserves to be first here. So if we're, talking really about like second, if we're talking about second place and it's between the brick and the clip, 
would you really think that the ISO brick is better than the poly clip? Well, see, because the it's a very good, that's a very good question. But I think the other thing that's worth bearing in mind here is that the clip um, was, uh, you know, the, the thing with the clip is that they, they also brought out new software. They updated the tuning software, which then led them to bring out a new version of the polytune, the polytune black, backlight, blacklight, blacklight, I think it's mm. called, which isn't on this list. And I think that that, is possibly is it better because, than the clip? I don't know. I don't know. Because is the polytune uh, black light that much better than the original polytune? Yeah, yes, absolutely. it is quite yeah, a bit yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think this is so much better than any other clip on tune. You know, I'm willing to I'm willing to concede for I'm willing to concede. I think because, um, one, so one thing you've got to bear in mind uh, that's amazing about the poly clip as well that the amount of time that went into the designing of the circuit board inside. Yeah, yeah. because I oh, think I some of the I think some of the components inside the clip itself were com- completely designed from the ground up to fit in that tuner. Yes, right. when you watch the video, actually, um, they've they've got a great video on their channel about like the whole design process that's gone yeah. into the clip and why it didn't come out maybe one or two years earlier is because it's really hard to make a good clip on tuner, which yeah. is why there's so many bad ones yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. I think with all that in mind, the Dunlop Isobrick gets the second runner-up position in this top five. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, so, it does need to be in third. I'm just... Polytune clip or ES8 at number one? ES8 at number one. Matt Knight? Yeah, it's got to be the ES8. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, excellent. So let's do this rundown then. Oh, man, we all agreed. I know. Uh, <laughs> Only because I conceded. Was, that that was one obvious. was much easier than the last. So I'm uh, exhausted let, after the guitars one. That's why. Should the, we just agree to agree on everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just say whatever we say first, that's it. Um, so uh, the top five best other things of 2015. In five, the Marshall London smartphone. In four, the Laney IRT Pulse USB interface. Uh, in third, the Dunlop Isobrick, the runner-up, the TC Polytune clip, and the winner of Best Other Thing 2015 is the Boss ES8. <laughs> so, thanks for, uh, thanks for sticking around uh, for day one of Gear of the Year. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow when we'll be covering 2015's Best Amp and 2015's Best Product of 2014. Uh, interesting categories, indeed. We'll, um, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.